You are now tuned into the Changing the Narrative podcast, Rising Youth Alumni Edition. On this episode, we find out what clean data means, how to classify and organize data, and how to use automation to transform a team of 100 to 15. This is a very special podcast series focused on youth between the ages of 15 and 30 who've designed their own community impact project, applied for funding, and launched their project successfully. I'm your host, Terrence Taylor, host of the Change in the Narrative podcast, and I'm joined by community leaders to bring awareness to community issues and figure out how we can still impact and support our communities during these uncertain times of COVID-19. Today, we're joined by Samian Jagatisan, the first Canadian to win the Commonwealth Youth Award with his wildlife data website, Sistema Nature. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Tell the listeners a bit about who you are, what you're all about, what you do. Introduce yourself. Yeah. My name is Saumian. I live in Thornhill, Ontario. Basically, I'm a data strategist. I work with uh, large enterprises and help them use uh, the data that they have efficiently. So that's what I do in day-to-day job. In the side, I've been a volunteer for quite some time. I've uh, done different projects, both using technology for um, nonprofits, you know, for civil society and things like that. So primarily my experience has been primarily how to use data and technology efficiently so that both, you know, businesses for profit and nonprofit can benefit from that. Okay. And so tell me a bit about how that experience and your interest and love for data, how does that connect to the project that you created through the Rising Youth Grant? Back in 2015, uh, I was actually reading a book, uh, a Charles Darwin's book, The Decent of Man. Darwin had like multiple books and this is not one of his popular books. So this talks about specifically around human evolution, not just evolution in general, but human evolution. So I actually read a quote in the book where he said, humans are actually more powerful and they actually outsmart every other species in the planet. As humans, you know, we're just capable of doing so many things that other species cannot. So if one species is a specialist in doing one thing, humans are actually specialists in doing 10 things. So by having this ability, what humans have done over the last two, three million years is kind of outsmarted all other species in the world and then eliminated most of them and like building a better life for humanity. We don't have enough consideration for other species on the planet. Subsequently, around the same time, I was actually reading a report by the World Wildlife Fund. So the World Wildlife Fund actually releases, uh, every two years they release kind of a living planet report. That's what it's called. So the living planet report technically, you know, provides kind of an animal census. So the living planet report gives a census around like how many plants are there, like how many animals are there. Even within animals, they give like what's the population decline or what's the population increase for a specific animal species. The report actually said 52% of all mammals actually died between 1970 to 2010. So like... uh, 50% of the population was eliminated in the last 40 years. And then immediately, you know, uh, as somebody who worked with a lot of data, my, you know, Eureka moment, as you say, was, okay, you know, where can I actually like know more about this? You know, like I wanted to know, okay, how many elephants were there or how many tigers were there or like, you know, who has this data? You know, somebody actually wrote this report 
and where this data is i did not know so that's when you know i got curious and i was looking around the internet and i could actually go to multiple sources for the data but probably i couldn't find a single source where you know all the data is being consolidated so that's when i thought you know maybe i should create something on my own people do a lot of research but i don't want them to spend a whole lot of time trying to find something instead of you know having something in their hand and doing the analysis and research work i had that very same issue this weekend of trying to find something to do in halifax and then going online and there's 15 different sites that tell you a bunch of things and you actually can't really figure out anything to do because there's so much information from so many different places yeah and and that's one thing uh, terence the other thing is you know um as a data strategist for a you know in my day job as well for companies companies even like governments like they spend a whole lot of time trying to collect data and then once the data is collected they spend up to 80% of the time cleaning the data so like there is a significant gap for structured you know process ready clean data you know every data that we create today is is pretty much unstructured people type different things in free flow text and you know that's not easily understood by even computers and like you have like different people mean different things they miss the context you know there is no metadata so there are a whole lot of problems there but coming back to what we were discussing that's when you know it struck me and then i thought you know i should actually do this i've actually done websites before i've done created websites so i thought maybe you know this is something that i should build for a longer term so that you know i can consolidate the data so that's when this project initially started the idea came and then i started the groundwork so what is the project what's the project name and and when you say groundwork what what does that mean what does that look like So when I say the groundwork for the project is I thought okay first I have to find reliable sources for the data and then I have to find a way to meaningfully present it so that you know people can like access it when they visit our website and third I have to advertise myself so literally you know the huge data sources today are governments you know UN World Wildlife Fund you know IUCN you know bodies like that which are even more powerful because you know they are more reliable in the context of what people want to get from a data standpoint so you know i had to devise a plan where you know like i said i have to get reliable data sources add value to the data and then eventually present the data in my website and then possibly engage other people because obviously it's not a one person effort and then once th- this is all then nobody would be coming to us because everybody would still have the same problem as we had initially so somehow we have to like be the number one for certain search keywords you know we were actually trying to do some seo so that if people are looking for anything related to wildlife like we should be like the number one so that's what my initial target was in terms of my experience i've had bits and pieces of this like you know all my life so i've been an seo i've been a web developer i've been a data strategist so this project was something that i really wanted put all my uh, you know experience that i had before into practice so i thought what can i name this project i wanted this to be memorable but somehow now i think it's it's complex because the name of the project is in latin the name of the project is systema naturae so that's how i uh, structured it systema naturae in latin actually means system of nature it's name of a book basically written by carolus linnaeus a swedish taxonomist 
he was the one who actually devised this concept of naming species so like when humans are called homo sapiens the original system on nature book actually defined how species should be named how they should be classified so that's why we wanted to name this but then eventually from a marketing standpoint it became complex because you know we had to explain like you know the spelling and things like that right that we obviously eliminated by having a good seo so you don't have to remember our website you just have to search for wildlife data sets in google and we'll be number one we branded ourselves and then made ourselves relevant to specifically you know wildlife data sets classification things like that right we did spend uh, a lot of time thinking about how we'll actually add value so that's where uh, the groundwork was the data that we get is primarily from governments so each and every government in the world pretty much you know most democracies in the western hemisphere they have open data portals you know canada has a large open data portal the american government has one the european union has one so when i say open data it's government publishing its own data without somebody asking for it periodically you can go to open.canada.ca or data.gov that's the american uh, open data website so you could literally go there and search for open data related to government that can be related to agriculture statistics transport island gas like whatever you know oceans you know like any given topic census data things like that so what we did was okay you know that's a reliable source of data but the data that's there is it's not wildlife specific the data sets hmm. don't have any difference right so what we did was somebody who is actually looking for like caribou data sets in alberta they would have a tough time searching the government website to like get the data so what we do is we employ a simple algorithm a, a web crawler which will actually like pull the data from the government website and then add the additional attributes like what animal it represents what's the animal species and then what's the animal classification whether it's a mammal or a bird or a amphibian things like that and then we'll add additional context like who supplies this data like you know is it from environment canada it is from parks canada like who gives this data and then we actually direct the user back to the data source so we literally don't steal the data but we just you know point the user to the right data set we don't actually copy the data source we just like add value and then direct the user back to where the data is so that's how like you know we right. did this classification okay so what did you use the application money for so you you apply for the grant you got what level of funding So we got uh, 1500. I've actually known some rising youth grant alumni before. So I did talk to them and I also met in one of the events in downtown Toronto. So I actually pitched the idea to them before when I met them and uh, I've been talking to them for quite some time. And then once I spoke with them they were enthusiastic and they wanted me to come up with uh, an idea with the application. like i said initially we did the website but we were actually doing the groundwork for a couple of years you know we were like building the systems and everything you know the application cuz that was going to be my question this doesn't sound this amount of work that you're talking about it seems much beyond the scope of $1500 yeah 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 i mean like we are like full time employees at a different company and then you know in the evenings and weekends we were actually like doing this for like almost 2 3 years you know like bits and pieces and we were testing it different systems and stuff we were live but we we were not like uh, live in the sense where we were not pulling thousands of data sets from different portals we were we just had like couple of hundred test data sets that we were having before 
and then once we met with the rising youth grant folks then i told them that this is what i'm trying to do they said like they were enthusiastic and receptive to this idea and then i did an application so the application money primarily was used for our web hosting we are actually the largest data sets portal we hold more wildlife data sets than any other portal uh, and we require a lot of processing power because uh, our website has close to like uh, 12000 data sets as of today so that's 12000 web pages and hmm. almost like all of them is indexed uh, on google so like every day we get people coming to our website and searching for different data sets so it requires a lot of power the website should be quick you know it should open the grant money significant amount of that was Uh, we did couple of hackathon events kind of thing where we had like some of our team members for like couple of weekends where we did some intense uh, development work so hmm. we used some of the grant money for that and subsequently we also wanted this website to be there for the next 10 years so we used that for the domain name for the hosting services we wanted to get the best powerful server so that people have accessibility to the data set so that's how you know we structured it anybody who looks at the project they would think there is a big team behind this like 20 folks or something but we have automated pretty much most of the processes where the way data sets get in is automated the way the data sets are published is automated people come and see and then they leave and nothing happens so we also have systems where if the website is down we we are notified so we just use the money primarily for our uh, web resources and hosting resources and in terms of licensing and stuff we pretty much used everything open source so open data with open source and volunteer work so that's how i would summarize this right yeah. right so it does sound like it requires a whole lot of people in order yeah. to to run this organization mm-hmm. and to run this website but it also doesn't sound like it requires that many humans based on the way that you're explaining how the how mm-hmm. the process works so what does your team look like what do the supports look like in order for you to run the website from a human perspective but also clearly from a computerized and from an automated perspective what do those two pieces look like initially we started 100% manual so we just have the website somebody has to manually go to the government websites and look for data put that in an excel sheet and then submit it to our website through a form and somebody has to approve that because you know they just have to review that and then approve it so initially you know more of our work was focused towards how can we eliminate some of these processes so what we did was instead of somebody manually going to the government website you could actually employ a couple of methods and the very first method we employed was building a web crawler the web crawler would automatically you know run from our own laptops and it would actually go to the government website and give us an excel output so it would uh, automatically download all the data sets from let's say data.gov or open.canada.ca what is a web crawler the web crawler is is a famous internet uh, terminology so what it does is it's kind of a two page python code it's literally how google works so if i actually say go to this particular website and get me all the data related to this and then i can program a, a python code to accomplish this and the python code would let's say the website has like 10 million pages manually if you do it you know you need that much time to like go over page by page but the web crawler would do it in an hour you know like it would hmm. literally scan every page and then look for what information that you wanted and then you could actually program it in such a way that uh, it will give you an output in an excel sheet you literally get the whole data set in couple of hours so in terms of sheer numbers 
we have crawled over uh, half a million pages now and it's uh, plug and play like if there are like younger people who are listening to this uh, web crawlers are free like uh, you could go to the internet with limited coding ability you should be able to build one for yourself just takes like a weekend to build one you know in most cases for right. simple uh, you know web crawlers then in terms of automation the web crawler was the first step it saved us a lot of time and then once the data comes from the web crawler the data possibly is not good you know like you need a lot of cleanup and we had content uh, curating volunteers who were in our uh, people regularly like working elsewhere but then they were supporting us you said earlier clean data and you just said it again what is that clean data today we produce more data every day than we previously did there is so much data but most of the data is not structured so there is a difference between a structured data and an unstructured data let me give you an example if you go and watch a basketball match the minute by minute score it is structured so somebody can employ any level of algorithm for that data because the data is in a proper table where like you get to know what happens every second but right. that's not the case with what data you have in twitter or facebook or even in like a website like quora or reddit because people get to type whatever they want in whatever context they want so the data becomes context sensitive you need lot of supporting data to understand what was the sentiment behind a particular statement or a particular comment so there is a difference between a structured data and unstructured data the world is today where you know more and more data that is produced is unstructured and there is also a level of hybrid data where like some parts of a data set is structured and some is not but in our wildlife data sets context the data that's there in the government websites they are structured to a limit but they are not wildlife specific so when the web crawler is employed to like go and get the data sets it will get almost all the data sets in the government website portal and then we have to find ways to eliminate data sets that are not related to wildlife so for example i'm actually from india originally and then i moved to canada india does have a website for data sets india is also famous for snakes obviously i wanted to get the data sets related to snakes so if i went to the government website you know data.gov.in that's the government website for india you just search for snake there were a couple of search results you know from the website but none were related to snakes but they were related to snake god you know snake god is a plant that uh, indians okay. normally eat but a web crawler would obviously be confused because it's just looking for an animal term as soon as it sees hmm. snake it will automatically classify that as a reptile but if somebody is looking for snake data sets related to india they are probably not looking at a cobra or a you know king cobra or something or a viper they are just looking at a snake god data set that's what i i mean by cleaning the data set so we have to find more meaning you know the metadata and the context related to the data set so when the data set is pulled from the government portal we spend time understanding whether this data set represents a real animal things like that right. so that's what i mean when i say like cleaning the data set and adding metadata right and doing the classifications okay okay cool so we have a bit of an idea of what the automated what the computerized side mm-hmm. of the team looks like what is what is your human team made up of what does that look like our human team is primarily made up of a couple of volunteers who are actually curating the content our team is actually spread across the world so we have like 6 uh, to 10 folks in canada a couple of them in the uk and then a couple of them in india so 
the web crawler is actually being updated monitored that's actually being handled by a couple of my friends who actually are into cloud computing so they are based here in the toronto area so they actually build this web crawler so i help with the context because they are mostly technical people and i give them the business concept behind like why we should be building this and then once the data comes in the data is curated and then uh, the curation process actually happens both with volunteers here and as well as in the uk and india where like they clean up data and then you know help us publish that back to our website that's kind of the content curation team and then finally once the publishing is done there is ongoing maintenance because sometimes the data urls that we have you know the source has removed the data set or you know the data sets keep changing and new data sets are coming up so at the moment we are tracking close to 120 country data sets basically you know open data portals from 120 countries and there is also an element of translation because you know the latin american countries don't have the data sets in english so hmm. we kind of use a plugin with uh, google translate to like you know translate the data sets you know even with the european countries we have the same problem so our website is primarily in english so we just make sure all the data set is available in english um at this time because we are just familiar with english and finally we also have couple of volunteers who actually take care of our social media so we have a decent uh, social media following so we want to like you know publish some of the insights that we understand uh, to social media uh, i would say we have not been very efficient but we just have a presence there at this time so the volunteers also take care of uh, social media both uh, twitter and facebook so we have close to 7000 i think 6000 plus followers in facebook so we nice. do um we do a lot of work there as well because you know we find something in our data sets and then we post it in facebook so yeah smart dig it okay earlier you mentioned the challenge with the latin name mm-hmm. and and translating mm-hmm. and people understanding and even trying to look it up online what are mm-hmm. some of the other challenges that you faced through this which seems like years of of working through building this website like i said automation with uh, data that is which is context sensitive is, is a big challenge though that is like a technical challenge getting volunteers in, interested because you know everybody likes to like watch a wildlife video but if you want to build a website related to data like probably like not many people are interested hmm. this is what i called a stakeholder buy in so because this is not a one time effort because if you want to build a website and like keep it up to date it's it's a huge task especially doing it uh, as a volunteer so building this team ground up was you know like big challenge because i myself work with the un i work with the world economic forum like couple of non profits and i've been a un volunteer before and i've actually built teams before but this one was particularly challenging because previously when i built teams you know that was event based so i actually was a volunteer at the london olympic games it is a one event you know you just actually get people for like 10 days you know just the olympics but this one is a particular challenge because you want somebody's time for like 10 hours or 5 hours a week for like 5 years and that person can actually use the same time to bill 100 dollars an hour like if if they get a project right. outside so that's where you want to build a lot of trust but the a side story with this project is people actually they're in the job and then they get laid off or they change careers one of our volunteer went for a maternity leave and she had a tough time going back into the job market again she 
use this project as a launch pad both for learning and coming back into the job market as a career launch pad so there is a social angle to this as well like this project has supported you know a couple of newcomers who wanted to like initially get a foothold in canada they used this project they worked as a volunteers for some time you know we gave references for their work and then eventually they got good jobs and they still you know they spend time with us and you know they keep you know contributing so the team management and building a team is is tough and it's it's even tough today you know if it's a paid project let's say we had like you know a million dollars in funding we probably would be doing like 10 times more than this but for this effort we are very happy i would say you know like it's more fulfilling you know it's gives a sense of accomplishment good good for you that's important right you got to love what you do and yeah, if you don't yeah. and and you mentioned earlier trust right like how do you get people to buy into volunteering significant amount of their time for a significant period yeah. of time right it's not yeah. just so that team building the importance of trust the importance of of collaboration and support right like you just said you were able to be a space to help somebody get into the workforce yeah. or you were able to help a newcomer who's just newly navigating to Canada figure out their way so you got to love that you have to love what you do yeah because you're essentially you're putting people in position to better improve their lives it's not just a job about a website about yeah. wildlife right you're yeah. you're you're doing more than than just providing that surface level experience right and that yeah. that part of it is very important i dig that yo so what happens next what's the future look like we've been featured extensively as a model citizen science project where like people can contribute and then use this as a platform or use this as an idea for other areas because like you were saying you know like there are not many places where you have quality data you need more portals like this in different contexts maybe you need something like this for uh, a broader climate change initiative or a sustainability initiative or things like that uh, so i would say this project i'm hoping like more people will actually be building something like this so that uh, people don't spend more time searching for data versus you know like researching and analyzing the data that they would have at hand at the moment one of my childhood goals is to build a product or a service that would reach a million people so that was mm. like uh, change the life or impact them even in a small way to a million people uh, i would say we are still a long way from that and i'm hoping this project would actually reach that subsequent to the funding that we got from rising youth grants this project was also featured this year for the commonwealth youth awards so that's kind of the first time that somebody from canada had won the award congratulations and and, and we did this uh, for this project you know like and i had an opportunity to go to the uk and be with the queen and meet prince charles wow. like earlier this year i actually spent time talking to them when i had a chance about uh, this project as well and i would say like i i find more meaning with the number of users we have helped and one of the other side projects that we are kicking off is specific to wildlife census which we are actually building now uh, wildlifecensus.org so that's a website that we are building as a sister project for this project we get a lot of request from school kids uh, this website that we built is primarily targeted at think tanks you know research folks phd students but school kids have more questions like do you know how many elephants are there in the world or like hmm. do you know like what's the count of like moose in like uh, newfoundland you know like questions like that so we want to address that you know that's a big gap and 
there are not many websites that provide that. So we are actually building a sister initiative for that, which we are actually working on currently, wildlifecensus.org. So it's still work in progress, but we hope to address that gap as well. But like I said, if this website reaches a million users, then you know that's that's a significant milestone that we are looking at, but we are like a very long way away from that. But yeah. you'll do it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. Good, yeah. good. That's yeah. the attitude. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. And I wish you the best of luck in you and your team in order to do that. Cause it yeah. sounds like you're you're doing good work. You're doing impactful work. You're helping like like you said, like there's so much information out there. How do you wean through that? How do you clean the data? How do you yeah. figure out what's going on in this landfill of information, right? So yeah. appreciative, yo. Do you have any final words? Uh, you want to send off to the listeners uh, where they can find out more information, where they can keep track of your progress. How do people find out more and follow along? We will be the number one in Google. So search for wildlife data sets and you should be able to see us. But in terms of what I really wanted to say to young people, technology actually has significant power. It can withstand a pandemic. It can withstand like pretty much anything. So if you really want to make a difference, many people will always feel that maybe I don't know, you know what to do or like how I can be of help. I, I sincerely believe internet and technology has significant power and it can reach more people than even if you could do it physically. Uh, I have significant respect for field work and there is nothing more important than helping somebody. But if you feel that, you know, you're, you're powerless or if you feel you don't have the know-how, today, you know, everything is free in the internet. Information is free. You just have to spend a couple of hours and probably you'll have your own idea. And just like go around your house, you probably find 10 problems. So you don't, there is no shortage of problems. Hmm. So I like that. I would, yeah, I would urge people to, you know, take up more project community work. And I really want to thank this rising youth grant because initially the, it was a significant push because I couldn't find a way to like get the money from somebody. I, I could have like, I spent a lot of money initially on my own. And then I, I was not in a situation to ask my volunteers to spend money and time. It was, right. it was a significant commitment for them. And this actually like uh, the supportive words that I had from them and then eventually like the money and then subsequently, you know, the help and support that I received is significant. And I hope, you know, everybody in Canada actually use this opportunity. And I've been to different world conferences and, uh, you know, events. And there are not many countries that actually have a program like this, you know, like getting you know, youth, you know, do community service and like funding for that project. There are not such things, you know, equally, you know, across the world. So I would ask more people to take up something like this. Shout out to Rising Youth. Yeah. Give them the website, the the Facebook, the Twitter one last time so they can check it out. Yeah, uh, it's systemanhra.org. So S-Y-S-T-E-M-A-N-H-E-T-U-R-A-E. So that's systemanhra.org. Same name in Facebook and S Nature in Twitter. You go to the website, you probably have links for everything. Appreciate we really welcome yeah, your comments and suggestions too. Good, good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Samian, for sharing your story, for sharing your process of going through the Rising Youth Grant, how you got the money, how you came up with the idea, how much time you put in before even presenting this idea and how much, what did you call it? Groundwork. Yeah. how much groundwork was put in because that has a lot to do with your success right you didn't just yeah. have an idea and say okay hey let's do it and let's just do it one off and then okay that will never happen again right you put yeah. in years of time beforehand 
you use this application and rising used to help push you to the next level and then you got to that next level and you've continued moving yeah. forward so kudos to you kudos to your team thank you for sharing your story that was amazing yeah thank you very much talents to learn more about all things rising youth check out their website at risingyouth.ca to learn more about the change in the narrative podcast find us on apple Podcasts, spotify and at changingthenarrative.ca thank you to everyone involved in making this podcast possible and last but certainly not least thank you to you the listeners for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this conversation and be on the lookout for the next episode coming soon